last of our series tonight, we finally come to the end of this series on uh, the life of Joseph. And, um, well, I'm just um, been excited about being here in church tonight, amen? And, uh, again, you remember Brother James's family and, and uh, the funeral today and her mother, Miss Pat's mother, passing away. And, Lord, uh, just blessing and helping them. Amen. Genesis chapter number 50, if you found your place. One verse, we started here and we're going to end here. Amen. Let's all stand together. Amen. Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring the pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You'll need not turn to it, but this verse has been also re, re, uh, called the Romans 8.28 verse of the Old Testament. For we know that all things work together for good to them. Well, here's the kicker. Love God to them who are called according to His purpose. Here's the title. Can we trust God with the details of our lives? And uh, I asked Elijah. He's looking at my notes. He's bad to cheat like that. And uh, I said... Can you, Elijah, trust Jesus with the details of your life? He said, well, I don't know some things in my past. And the first point is he releases his past. So you pray God would find a place tonight. This word of God would find a place in our hearts. Let's go to the throne of grace. Matthew, how about praying? By the way, uh, some of you have not met Levi yet. Another roper. Amen. Another roper. But that's okay. Amen. He's a cute little old fella. Pray, Matthew. Amen. You'll be seated. Over the last few weeks, we have followed and spent a lot of time with Joseph and his family. Today, we bring our study to uh, this great man of God to a close. Joseph's life has been a series of trials and tragedies. He, he, his has been a road marked by many valleys and few mountains. We've seen the difficult life as a child. We have walked with him as he's falsely accused and in prison. We have seen him abandoned and forgotten in that prison. But we've also seen him taken out of that prison and placed and elevated to a position of prestige, power and prominence in Egypt. We watched as Joseph was reunited with his brothers and his family. 
We saw how God used him to bring his brothers to a place of repentance. What a great place to get. We saw him reunited with his father and we have seen all the highs and all the lows of Joseph's life. But through every valley and through every mountain, one truth held true. God meant it for good. That one truth never varied, never moved. God meant it for good. Joseph now is nearing the end of his life. And it's amazing how he still displays a remarkable faith in his God. And it is that faith and confidence that I want us to examine for just a while tonight. As I've studied and preached this series, one thing that's confirmed over and over in my heart, and that is the truth that God is behind every event that occurs in our lives. There are no accidents. There's no such a thing as coincidences. And the reality is there's only providence and the outworking hand of God. And by the way, this is taught throughout Scripture. Isaiah 46, 9. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times and the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. My, what a word. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken, and I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I will also do it. The Ephesian writer said, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Psalms 135, 6, Whosoever the Lord pleased that it that did he in heaven and in earth, in seas and all the deep places. Joseph comes and approaches the end of his life. There's some steps that Joseph took that demonstrated his absolute confidence and providence in God. The question in mind here is tonight, can we trust God with the details of our lives? I love this series, but I'm not so sure this series has not been more challenging. This message has been more challenging in my own heart this week than any message I've done yet. These steps leave us no doubt that Joseph understood God is in absolute control of every event in our lives. It is three things. Number one. He releases his past. Let me paint you the picture of what's taking place here. In Genesis 50, 15, And when Joseph saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us, and he will certainly requite us of all the evil which we did unto him. Daddy has died, and they go to the funeral, and the funeral is over. And the brothers all get together and they say, now that dad is died, 
He's going to get us. Joseph is going to get us. They're not denying the fact that they may deserve it, but Joseph is going to get us. So they come up with a plan. And they, they, they remember all the terrible things they did to Joseph years ago. They remember how they hated him. They remember how they sold him into slavery. They remembered all these things. And truth of the matter was, they were afraid. And probably had right, rightfully so. So they come up with a plan. They sent a message to Joseph and said, Now, now Joseph, you may not have known this, but, but Daddy said, Don't get us. Listen to what he said. And they sent a messenger to Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespasses of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil, and now we pray thee, Forgive the trespasses of the servants of God, thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Well, I thought about that. Why did he weep? Joseph had already forgiven their transgression. Joseph had already placed, he'd already forgiven. And now he comes to the end of his life with a clear conscience. And these brothers are feeling they've got to come up with a plan to keep Joseph from from attacking them and hurting them. And, and Joseph just begins to weep. And I, I believe if you could look into the heart of Joseph, he, you, you would see something like this. Don't, don't you know how much I love you and how much I am thrilled with our family being together? How much I, I really care about you? And why, why do you imagine an evil like that even... I've forgiven you. And he begins to weep over this matter. When we go through life, as we, as we pass through life, there are going to be times, and there's no way around it, we're going to be hurt by words and actions of others. And uh, sometimes that hurt is, is, is very deep and painful. Don't miss this. You cannot change the hurt that others may do, but you can decide how you react to it. Would you, be, would you get upset with me if I used what you did as an illustration? Are you okay? Okay. You're not even a member. Here I am just using you as an illustration. Yeah. Rest of them know they don't dare tell me nothing. I use him in army. She has two sons and... and uh, they, they have not done right, and they've not been very kind. And uh, Sunday morning, I got an envelope, and it had two pictures in it. And Brother Barry said, Preacher, what, what, what am I supposed to do with these two pictures? And when I seen the pictures, I said, I'll take care of that. I know what they are. And what she done Sunday morning, instead of fighting that battle and, and, and raging that in her heart, she made a decision, here's how I'm going to react. She put them in the offering plate to the Lord. She put them in the offering plate. Changed the hurt, but she can change how she, she can decide how she reacts to it. Here's what Joseph is saying. He said, he said, I got two choices here. We can be angry and hold a grudge and seek revenge. 
we can forgive them and leave the matter in the hands of God. The Philippian writer said this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Ephesians writer went on to say, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Well, I like this. If you are the offended party, and you can, you need to go and ask for forgiveness. If you are the offending party, you're doing the offending, you need to take the place and matter to before God and strive to reach a place of forgiveness. Now, Joseph didn't sugarcoat what they had done. He calls it evil. He doesn't, he doesn't, make, he doesn't sidestep it. He calls it exactly what it was. But I want you to know, Joseph was able to leave this world with a clean heart and a clean conscience towards his God and with others. question is, will you? So number one, he, re- he releases his past. I, 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 I've said this 10,000 times. And, um, but I'll say it again. Anytime, anytime, if your marriage is in trouble because of something that happened five years ago and the option's on the table to quit and leave it, you'll exercise that option somewhere along the line. We never can forgive and, and, and give past something as long as that option's on the table. Years ago, years ago, I, um, I, I really got in, in, a, in a bad way here. I really did. Uh, it's only about once of two times uh, that I have gotten that away in all these years. But uh, I, was, I, was in, I was in a bad way. And, uh, boy, I, was, I was just wanted to, I wanted to be somewhere else. But one of the first things I had to do is, number one, it wasn't God's will for me to go. That's the first thing. Second thing was this. I had to take that option off the table. Because Baptist church members will always give you enough reasons to leave. Amen? And uh, I don't know about the rest of the crowd, but I know Baptist church members. So I take that option off the table. And so I love this. He releases his past. He's not holding an option on the table. I love that. Number two, he remembers God's providence. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. I love this. And by the way, they did think evil. He, I mean, it was evil. No, no question about it. They, they thought evil. But God meant it unto good. Joseph didn't pretend that they hadn't done something to hurt him. Uh, but you know what? He knew the intent of their heart, but Joseph saw something deeper than their intentions. Why? Wow. God saw something deeper and greater than their intentions. He saw God was doing something more wonderful and more great. Yes, they sinned, but isn't it amazing? God took their betrayal and used it for His good, even in the midst of it all. 
In one verse, Joseph looks back over 30 years of all the trials and triumphs and, and, and issues and troubles and all the things and, and, when he, and all the slavery and imprisonment and the valleys and the victory, all of those things. And he looked through all of that and he said, Wow, there's God. And he's meant all of this for good. I wonder tonight, can you see past your intentions to see that God may very well be doing the greatest thing in your life that's ever been done? I was thinking about so many in our church that are are facing some battles. And it's amazing how so many... And I, I got to thinking today how I wonder if they can see past that, see past all that and see what God is doing or God wanting to do in their lives. I believe sometimes, church, we get called up so much in the this way that we never see what he's doing this way. And in the end, the price is a tremendous price. And so we find that there's slavery. So as we pass through this line, we count on the fact that every valley and every victory is a part of his perfect plan for us. And he'll use them all for our good and for his glory. Listen to what the Bible says. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found to the praise and honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. I like the victory a whole lot more than I like the valley. But may I say this? I like good days better than I like the bad days. But the truth of the matter is, if I'm willing to accept His will and see past the intention to you meant evil, but God meant good. If I can get past the the evil to see the good, then I must realize that regardless of what the day is, God's in charge. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan abuffed me, lest I should be exalted above measure. I was reading the book this week and... and uh, I have always heard, I've always heard that, uh, that that was a physical ailment that Paul had, a, a, an eye problem. Some, some one writer wrote that he, he felt he had a bad back. But I was reading a writer this week, and uh, boy, he's given me something to think about. I'm not saying he's totally right, but I, he has given me something to think about. He believed that to be a member of the Corinth church that was literally attacking the Apostle Paul. 
he believed that to be a person. And um, he goes on some reasons and, and why that is. And, uh, and, and one of the reasons is anytime you find the word thorn in the Old Testament, it was a person, it was an individual. And he, and he uses, uses that. So don't watch, give me something to think about. But I know this, Paul said, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that I might depart from me. And listen to what he said to me. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of God, Christ, may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities and reproaches and necessities in persecution in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. One of the most damning things to us today is this. We do it ourselves. We're strong. I'll handle this. I'll fix it. I'll take care of it. Realizing that in reality, then you'll be weak because in your weakness you become strong. Then last of all, he rests on God's promise. And Joseph dwelled in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. And his children also, Makar, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knee. And Joseph said to his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land which he swear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. After this long, productive life, the time came for Joseph to leave this world. When that time came, he made the children of Israel to promise to take his bones with them when they came out of Egypt. What Joseph is doing is this. He's claiming a promise God made to his father many years ago. Genesis 46.2 God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am. Here am. And he said, I am God and the God of thy fathers. Fear not to go down in Egypt for I will there make thee a great nation. And I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon mine eyes. Joseph dies believing God will visit his people one day and take them to a better land. And you know what? That is the same assurance you and I have today. I'm a looking for a visitation from the Lord, are you? I was driving across the road, and our world has gotten about as crazy as crazy can get. And it's getting more crazier by the day. And the the crazier it gets, the more I realize how much we need that walk with God. And we need to trust His promises. He were looking for a, a visitation. The sad truth of our own mortality, brethren, it bothers so many. The fact is, we're all going to leave this world. But death's not the end. 
We did a funeral for Miss Faye Watson. She was 88 years of age today. She's had Alzheimer's for probably four years. James Weinbarger said, for three years, all I've been is that man. That's all I've been. She don't even remember his name. But one thing he told me, he said, she would always remember the Lord. She would say, uh, Lord, uh, I'm ready. Come and get me. Lord, I'm ready. Come and get me. And uh, uh, I, I thought about that today. And um, the fact when I left, they shared that with me. And I thought, man, here she was stuck in the middle. She didn't have no mind here, but she wasn't there. She's stuck in the middle. And I preached today on she's no longer stuck in the middle. Paul said, I'm in a betwixt between two. Wanting to go, which is far better than staying here. Well, she went Sunday morning in her sleep, just slipped out of here and went to be with the Lord. Reality is, that's where we're all going to be. Marvel, John 5, 20, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Wow. We have a lot of loved ones, don't we not, that have died with their faith in Jesus and will be with Jesus till we get there ourselves. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We should not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I taught Bill's class for him the other week and asked all them boys and I, I said, blink. And they did. I said, okay. hundred times faster than you can blink. That's how quickly Jesus is coming. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruption shall put on incorruption, this mortal shall put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a promise that we have as, as well. I love this verse. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, not rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He may even come for us before we face death. I really don't see any reason why Jesus couldn't come today. I really don't see any reason. I've, I've read enough Bible. I'm not a prophetic preacher by no means, but I do know enough about it. I see no reason Jesus could not come back tonight before this service is over. I was watching sometime back one of those shows on 
um, movies on where you're taken out, um, left behind. Yeah, left behind. And, um, and they, they depicted the rapture. And uh, I almost busted out laughing. Because they depicted the rapture and everybody's clothes all folded up nice, ironed, and pressed. I'm telling you, that's just not the way I see it happening. Let me tell you how I see it happening. I see this. You look up here and there's just a clump of clothes. My belt's not going to be undone. My pants are not going to be undone. You know if they fall, I'm not in, praise God. And it's just going to be a clump of clothes. And whatever's in my pocket. I heard one preacher preach this. And I'll and I tell you, we preachers, we preach some stuff. I ain't sure where they got it. Said that they would be blood there. Right? I'm still trying to figure out where he gets that. But anyhow, there'll be a clump of clothes there in that pew. There'll just be a clump of clothes there. Empty shoes on the floor. With the exception of a few. They'll look around. And all of a sudden, the horror. And I know God's going to send strong delusion that men would believe a lie. I know that. But I believe there was a space in time, a little space in time there, where they're going to begin to scream like you have never heard because they will realize they're left behind. They'll run to the nursery and the babies will be gone. You'll walk out the front church and... and, and that, You'll, you'll begin to hear cries screaming through this community of people, my baby, my baby! People have been left behind. Oh, don't miss this. We may even, he may even come to us before we, before we face death, but even if he doesn't, in death's, Icy hand places its frigid hold on us someday. I want to, we need to rest in his promise. That this body may return to the ground, but the soul goes to be with the Lord. We are confident, I say, and willing, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. See, death is just a door. That's all death is. That's all Sunday morning that, that Miss Faye watching it. She just went through the door. And the Paul said this, I'm not ready to be offered in the time of my departure. He said, hey, and that word departure means it's a traveler's term, a soldier's term, a, farger, a farmer's term, a legal term. Has the ideal of this, no matter, no matter when it is, I'm ready. But Joseph left this world clinging to the greatest promise and if this promise tonight could be found, if this promise to, if this promise could find its heart in the heart of these young people sitting right here, it could, ch- they could change the world. 
If this promise can find its place in your heart tonight, it will change your world. And that is this. Can we trust God with the details of our life? Now, I just need to confess with you. I usually go through this this order almost every time. I'm faced with a trial. And so my first thing is, how can I fix it? That's my first thing. Now, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's the first thing I do. How can I fix it? When I determine I can't fix it, then I spend time worrying over it. Now, don't look at me so holy like you don't. Got too many phone calls from you. So then I I spend time worrying over it. Then I go through a spell of fretting over it. Sometimes being angry over it. And almost every time I go, but but one thing I I always come down to just this. It's yours. It's yours. I always come to the place of saying, it's yours, Lord. It's no longer mine. Now, and I, I watched God do some things out through the years. I, I watched a man sit in the parking lot and just rebel every Sunday. And that's all it was, rebellion. I watched as God dealt with him. I said, well, I wouldn't have expected that. I watched as, I watched as things that I saw were terrible. God turned them out to be the greatest thing I ever done. And I said, wow, I wouldn't have thought about that. I wouldn't have done it that way. I think God ought to ask me. I can tell him how to do so many things until he does it. And then I'll realize. And then what I do, I always do, and I've done it this week. I take the option off the table of picking it back up and carrying it. Well, that's hard. That's hard. Have you been tempted to want to call me and want them pictures back this week? Amen. Now, if I've been you, I've been tempted to call me back and want them back. But the truth of the matter is, in every step, it's right here, Joseph left this world clinging to the greatest promise of Almighty God. He said, I'm just going to trust you every detail of my life. He left here right with God. He left here right with man. But he left here with a full assurance that God had led him every step of the way. He left here knowing death was not the end, but praise God, death was a beginning for him. Tonight, do you have absolute assurance that God's hand has been active in every part of your life?
Can you trust God with the details of your life? That's all standing feet, every head bowed, never eye closed.